I'm not so sure about this pulpit. There's nowhere to hide back here, you know, but at least I could see over it. So uh, the pulpit back in the church I grew up in, I'm like, man, if I ever end up preaching here, I'm taking four inches off the bottom. That's for sure. We're taking the trim off, you know, um, super privileged to be here and to be able to share today. Um, thank you for that opportunity. And uh, yeah, as Derek shared, I get to work vocationally with youth, which is probably terrifying to most of you, but it's pretty great. Um, middle schoolers have a special place in my heart for sure. And high schoolers aren't so bad either. So anyway, it's pretty good stuff. Um, we're having a lot of fun over at Independence at the Gate. We have an average of 100 kids a day come, and they're like 95% unchurched. Um, and we just get to love on them with the love of Jesus and feed them and play games and, uh, and hang out. And it's pretty cool. Kids are getting baptized and, uh, and good stuff. Good stuff is happening. So super privileged to be over there. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about prayer today. How awesome, right? Derek is sharing how the elders of this church the leadership that they pray for us, right? Um, and I don't know how much you know about prayer. We're going to go through a bunch of scripture today and look at some different things, what God says, what Paul had to say. Um, and maybe at the end of the message today, the idea that the leadership of this church praying for you will mean something different than it does right now, you know, through our, through our discovery. We're in a series where we're talking about where the Holy Spirit is active. And as a believer, um, I hope you would agree with me that we want faith church this local gathering of believers where we have chosen to come and to fellowship, to worship corporately and be challenged to grow in our understanding of who God is, to be a place where the Holy Spirit is guiding us corporately and personally. To summarize what I just said, we want an active relationship with God, right? As in all relationships, communication is a major key to healthy relationship. And when it comes to talking to God, we call it prayer. I was going to make a shirt today. Uh, I do screen printing a little bit on the side. And I was going to make a shirt that said normalized prayer on the front. And I, I'm kind of kicking myself for not doing it, right? Uh, talking to God is what prayer is all about. Um, a few weeks ago, Jake led us through solitude. And that is not something that most of us practice, right? And he had us go away for 15 minutes. Hey, that back storage closet, you know, did you know there's a staff lounge in there with a hot tub? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but there's some stairs and there's some other really cool stuff. Uh, but solitude, 15 minutes all by yourself, or 15 minutes by yourself in a room with other people, right? Um, that's awkward, and for a lot of us, prayer is awkward. Maybe not that like personal prayer that you, throughout the day, you know, you're just whispering things to the Lord, you know, watch over me, take care of me, you know, help me through this, help me find my keys, you know, whatever it is. Um, but for a lot of us, the idea of like, if I called on you to stand up and pray right now, you'd be like, no. You know, working with youth, this, I think it's trended out pretty much, you know, we're on to new words and new things, but I'd, I would ask kids at youth group to pray and they'd all say nose goes, you know, that was like 10 years ago, I'm sorry, but um, I hated it, right? I'm like, no, man, you should all be like, I want to pray. I want the privilege. I want to go before God on your behalf, right? Um, but I realized that for some of us, it's still maybe slightly terrifying, okay? Uh, since I'm dating myself, there was a music group back in the 90s called DC Talk, and I, was, I actually asked Matt if we could play it, but he thought maybe that'd be a bit much. But um, they had a line in one of their songs, and it, they say, I'm a Christian, and you know that it's true. I talk to God like I'm talking to you, right? So today we're going to talk about talking to God. I've got four mini sermons for you today. Um, we should be able to make it through in half an hour. All right. So first of all, what is prayer? What is prayer? Second of all, the blessings of prayer on the local church, uh, prayer and evangelism, and then we'll end with just a short little, uh, I don't know, there's like 10 of them, 
community prayer etiquette. I don't know how many of you have ever gone to a prayer meeting and sat in a prayer meeting where someone prayed for like five minutes. And as Derek knows, I sometimes fall asleep here in church. Hopefully that won't happen this morning. But some of those prayer meetings, right, it's just like you're just trying to stay awake and someone's praying for their great grandma you don't even know, right? So I hope that you have a group that you pray with. And we're going to talk a little bit just about some things that can make those prayer times engaging, you know, that uh, just are, maybe they're more interesting, at least you don't fall asleep, um, and that you're united, okay? So prayer is and should be one of the basic disciplines of those who seek to follow God with their life and live more like Christ. With the standpoint that prayer is communication with God, our Father, and His Son, Jesus Christ, it doesn't make any sense to me to argue that prayer is unneeded or unimportant. Each one of us in this room is a student of the art of communication. And you don't have to study communication very long when you realize that although silence is a form of communication, it does not generally send the message that both parties are eager to grow and expand the relationship between them. In the human interactions I've experienced, I've found that silence either means that one party is thinking through their next communication, and I think that is true of God, when we have a no for a time, or we don't hear for a time, okay, or that they're frustrated and want to cut off communication with the other party. And I know that is not true of God. That is only true of us as humans sometimes. So prayer is communication with the master of the universe, the God of creation, the God of the Bible. But as intimidating as communication with God sounds, he instructs us to pray continually Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The God of the universe wants to talk to me, and the God of the universe wants to talk to you. As shocking as that is to me, it makes sense when we think of it in terms of human relationship. My human relationships are broken when communication stops, and when someone I love gives me the silent treatment. It crushes me. On the other hand, as a loving father, I want to pour wisdom into my children and look for opportunities to do that. Prayer is not only an opportunity for us to share with God what we are doing, it's an opportunity for us to listen and for him to guide our thoughts. Just think about that. It's an opportunity for us to listen and for him to guide our thoughts. So let's sidetrack for a minute and talk about why we pray. Does an all-powerful, all-knowing God need to hear what our hopes and desires are? I believe that God knows what we need better than we do, but that he uses the process of prayer to show us what his will is and to develop compassion in us for those around us. I pray for each of you who call Faith Church home. As I pray for you, I often ask, depending on who you are, that God will give you wisdom as a father and a husband to lead your home, that he will help you communicate with your spouse or family members, mothers, that you would have sufficient grace on long days with your children and a little left over for your husband at the end of the day, maybe a lot, that you will love your children, you'll have wisdom in balancing love and discipline for them, for the students among us, that God will give you purpose in your studies and vision for your future, and on and on and on. 
When I pray for you, God gives me compassion for you and a desire to know you better so that I can pray with a better understanding of who you are. So God develops compassion in us for other people through prayer, through taking that time and getting to know them better and spending time dwelling on them and where they're at and going before the Lord on their behalf. I believe prayer moves God's heart. In Luke 18, 1 through 8, it says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. As there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, (laughs) It makes me laugh a little. Even though I don't fear God or care about men, but because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. As a parent, do you ever give in to your middle schooler because of that? You feel like you're being worn down? And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. If we look at the basic message of this passage, we see that God is telling us to continue to pray even if we don't get an answer right away. To be persistent in coming before the Lord with that which concerns us. Sometimes the answer will be no, and sometimes it will be no for a time. But as it says in Matthew 7:11 that God gives good gifts to his children, So in alignment with his will, he will glorify himself by answering our prayers. And during this time that we are patiently pursuing an answer from him, we're growing in character and compassion and learning about sacrifice as we approach him humbly. Next, I want to talk for a few minutes about how God blesses a body of believers who pray. Much prayer equals much blessing. Little prayer equals little blessing. No prayer, no blessing. 1 Peter 4.7 Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Peter is saying that when we are of the right mind, we will spend time in prayer. Slow down, take a few deep breaths, and turn to the Lord with your struggles and your problems. 2 Corinthians 1, 10 through 11, on him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. And 2 Corinthians 9, 6, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will reap generously. I want us as a body of believers to receive God's gracious favor. And I want others to give thanks on our behalf to God because of our prayers. I think we often read stories of the Bible and whether it's Old Testament or New and we just see them as stories. You know, we do, if you do any other reading, it might be in the same category. These are real people who went through real struggles and God used their struggles and recorded them so that we can learn more about him, right? We talk about the Bible as his story, right? History. The idea that we get to look at how God interacted with mankind over the last 6,000 years 
and how he might interact with us who are very much very similar to those that we read about. The more praying that is done by a church, the more unity and singleness of purpose will exist. John 17, 20 through 21 says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. This is Jesus praying for us today, 2,000 years ago. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so the world may believe that you have sent me. I think you could do a whole sermon right on that verse right there. Psalm 133.3, how good, 133.1, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. And Acts 2.42 and 43, another whole sermon by itself, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. The more praying that is done by a church, the more genuine love the people will have for God, for each other, and for the world. Philippians 1.9 says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. I love how the people, you know, the leaders who God used to write the scriptures, so often Paul wrote his prayers, he told them what he was praying about, he told them how often he was praying, and we look to that and should look to become like that. Um, one of Paul's uh, books, either the beginning or right in the front, it says, in all my prayers for all of you. Wow, sounds like he was praying a lot for his people, right? Are we praying a lot for our people, for your family, for your church family, for this group right here? Are we lifting each other up before the Lord? First Thessalonians 3.12, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other, and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. And John 13, 34, and 35, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. One of my most consistent prayers for unbelievers is that when they come to our church, or one of our youth, my youth ministries, is that they will feel God's love through me. The more love I have, the easier it will be for them to see. I debate often, do I need to shave the mustache? It just looks like I'm frowning, right? It's like an automatic, like, that guy's not happy, you know? And we associate unhappiness with not loving, right? I haven't done it yet, but it might be coming, you know? In your 20s, you're like, I gotta grow some facial hair. People think I'm 12. And then you get older, and maybe people still think that. But... You know, maybe I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I need to shave it off. All right. I want people to know without a doubt that I love them and I love God in as few interactions as possible, right? I want people to come to the gate, um, our little tagline for the gate, we want kids to be encouraged, we want them to be known, and we want them to know the love of Christ, right? Um, we want people to come and we want them to experience something different, that they would be around people and be like, it's just different. It's different than walking the halls of my public school, or it's different from where I work, or it's different than some of the crowds that I run in. There's like a sincere, passionate like, interest in who I am, right? And not out of selfishness, 
for the taking, but that they want to pour into my life and into my family. And it's called love. The more praying that a church does, the more the people in the church will know God and the greater sense of his presence will be in their lives, especially as they gather corporately. Acts 4.31, we visited this verse already once, says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. The people in Acts prayed and God showed up. If he did that right now, I'm not sure what you guys would think, you know? Matthew 18, 19 through 20. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. I love the promises of God and what a promise, right? Pray for me with a friend and I will be there with you. You know, I hope that you're gathering in prayer. Selfishly, I hope you're praying for me but that you're praying for your friends and family as well, right? I get excited about being used to make a difference in people's lives. Derek mentioned that I co-direct a summer camp. That's pretty fun. We've got about 250 campers every year that come. Um, I think they have a good time. They keep coming back. Uh, And I love the idea that God gets to use me in ways to help put people together and to bring about circumstance where there's teaching of God's word and there's prayer and there's sincerity and there's unity and there's struggles and the Holy Spirit shows up and people's lives get changed. It's a pretty good gig. It's fun when something is tangible, when someone has a tangible project and I get to help them and at the end of the day I get to look back and see what we've created together But the reason why I get excited about prayer is because the potential for change goes way up. No longer are we talking about what I can do with my own two hands, whether I frame some walls that day or print some t-shirts or whatever it is, but we're asking the all-powerful creator of the universe to work inside someone's heart and in their mind in a way that I can't, or to bring about miraculous healing to a physical body, or divine wisdom that's beyond our earthly knowledge, or something else that's beyond my capabilities. And it says in these scriptures that if two or more gather together and ask God for something, he will grant it in alignment with his will. John 16, 24 says, Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Does this excite you? It excites me. It makes me think I don't spend nearly enough time praying. I believe there's no greater way you can bless someone than by going before the all-powerful God of the universe on their behalf. So pray with me. Lord God, may you bless our teaching elder, Derek Olson. May you give him wisdom to lead his family, to love his wife, Amy, and be sensitive to her, to raise up his children to honor you. Lord, may you show him how to love each member of his family and give him wisdom to discipline them effectively so they can learn to honor you. Lord, may you bless him at work, giving him patience and opportunity to show your love to the other staff here at Faith. And Lord, may you bless him with knowledge of your scripture, led by your Holy Spirit, as he prepares to teach us 
about you each week. May you give him insight into your word and vision to lead our body so that we might grow close to you and honor you. Amen. I am confident that God will answer that prayer. It doesn't get any better than going to the Lord on someone else's behalf and requesting goodness on their family and blessing and that they would walk with him, right? And that doesn't mean it has to be spur of the moment. You can write it out. You can journal your prayers. It can look like all sorts of things. The more praying that is done by a church, the more joy, confidence, security, faith, and peace they will experience. Psalm 1611, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. God wants joy for us, and that doesn't mean we won't go through struggle, but he wants joy for us. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God wants us to bring everything, the goods and the bads, right? The more praying that is done by a church, the more God will work through the preaching of the pastor. In Acts 4, 31 through 34, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. We read this already. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. The apostles preached with great power after they prayed. I'm not picking on Derek. I love him as a brother. He didn't know I was going to put any of this in here, you know? I don't know what you think about Derek's preaching, but personally, I really appreciate the gifting and the passion that God has given him to bring messages of biblical truth and how it applies to our lives, to our local body of believers here at Faith. I imagine you are all pretty busy people, but you choose week after week to come and give an hour of time to worship and sit under the teachings here at Faith. Many of us bring our spouses and our children. I want God to use Derek and others who are called to bring the messages in a powerful way. To be led by the Spirit to bring us truth that will challenge and sculpt us personally and corporately to the glory of God. I don't want Sunday mornings to be a waste of time for anybody. Right? We want God to work powerfully through His teaching. I hope you're doing your own personal Bible study through, during the week, but my prayer is that when we gather on Sunday mornings, the Holy Spirit will have a clear message for each of us. I hope that you go home today with some nugget of thought on what God would have you do maybe a little differently, maybe a little more consistently. Maybe, it's, maybe you're radically thinking, man, I really don't pray much and I should get on it. You know, whatever it is. I hope that through his scriptures today, that there's a truth that rings your bell a little bit that you'll process on through the week and build into your life. The more praying that is done by a church, the more the people will grow spiritually. 
says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. You guys like that thunder the other night? Well, some of you probably didn't like it. But it went on for a long time. We don't, you know, this isn't like the Midwest. We don't get thunder real often, right? Um, the power, like, I think it was a ways away, really. I mean, between the thunder and the lightning, it wasn't like I wasn't counting a half a second, you know? Um, but it just felt powerful. That's the God we serve, right? And thunder's like just for fun, you know? His, he really wants to use his power to like change lives and draw people to himself. You know, I tell the youth I work with, I'm like, you know, you're actually, everyone is God's child, just a lot of people are in denial, you know? A lot of people are saying like, well, I, I don't believe in him, I choose not to, you know? And God's like, why well, believe in you, you know? The idea that you don't believe in God, it doesn't change that he exists. God is powerful. It says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. We're going to talk about evangelism in a little bit, so I'll, I'll just wait to speak on that. But man, like, raise your hand if you think you have the gift of evangelism and you're really good at it. Yeah, that's what I thought, right? But anyway, I'm stealing my own thunder. We'll get there in a minute, okay? Um, but God wants you to share, you know? Okay, the more praying that is done by a church, the more boldness, courage, and passion, and I think we need to increase that passion, the people will have to reach their lost friends, neighbors, and relatives for Christ. Ephesians 6, 19, 20 says, Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. If you don't remember anything else today, go home and pray Ephesians 6, 19 and 20, right? That God will give you a boldness, that you will be fearless, that you will recognize that you are an ambassador, not in chains like Paul was, that you may declare God fearlessly to your friends and your neighbors and love them hard, right? So they'll see a difference and they'll have a longing for change. Spending time in prayer and praying together is a key piece to receiving God's blessing in the form of Him empowering us to fulfill the Great Commission and growing each of us spiritually. I'm just going to say that again. Spending time in prayer, personally, and praying together, corporately, is a key piece to receiving God's blessing in the form of Him empowering us to fulfill the Great Commission and growing each of us spiritually. I don't know about you, but as I read through these words, it's like, I need to pray more. Like, who has the power? Is it me or is it God? You know, like, if I ask you, do you want to make a difference in the, in the lives of your neighbors and your friends and your relatives, and maybe you have a relative you've been praying for for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, right? Prayer is what's going to make the difference. So that brings us to... Oh, it says, lastly, I want to talk about prayer and evangelism. But if you remember right, this is only mini-sermon three. Okay, but I am on page six, so we're close. All right. Okay, sharing the good news of Christ is something that not many of us have received a gift for. At least you probably don't think you have. <clears throat> um, Paul told Timothy to do the work of, evangelist, of an evangelist. That's how I see myself. Um, I'm an administrator, I'm spending more time on the computer than ever. I'm not sure what God's thinking. But on that one, but I'm an administrator, so I get to organize people coming together. It's, that's, there's a lot of joy in that. Um, but God has also said, hey, Ben, you need to do the work of the evangelist as well, right? You need to build relationships with youth one-on-one. -on -one. You need to build relationships with your staff. You need to be out there preaching the word and being an example 
to those that you are leading so that they will do likewise, right? But I recognize that for many of us, uh, you probably, that being an evangelist straight up, uh, the next Billy Graham is, is probably not your gift. But God has instructed us to do it, so you can't use that as an excuse, right? He's given us compassion, as we talked about earlier, to motivate us to share his love with others, with our friends and family who don't know him, okay? Heaven is a very real place where very real people will live with great joy forever because they have heard and accepted the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ paying for our sins on the cross. Philippians 3, 20 through 21 says, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so they will be like his glorious body. It's going to be pretty sweet. I don't really care if I'm any taller. I'm good with it, you know, but... There's other parts of me that I'm excited to have shaped up. But unfortunately, hell is also a very real place where very real people will live in great torment forever because they have not accepted the payment for their sins, right? Um, God is going to give them exactly what they want, at least what they think that they want, right? Um, Revelations 20, 14 through 15 says, the lake of fire is the second death if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. I don't know if there's really going to be fire in hell. Maybe that's bad theology, because it says there is. I think that it's something that the writers of Scripture could use so, just to show that it's really, really bad. Okay? I tell my students that all things good are from God, and we know the Bible says that like everyone on earth, whether they are a follower of Christ or not, they experience the goodness. The rain falls on everyone and waters their crops, right? But in hell, there is an absence of God, which means there will be an absence of good. And I think there will be an absence of hope. Sorry, this is getting dark real quick. There will be an absence of hope, right? And I cannot fathom the idea that you're going to end up in a place that you know is never going to change. And I think it's going to be lonely. I don't, you know, I don't know if Gary Larson, you know, they're all sitting around Gary Larson Comics you know, in hell drinking coffee together. I don't think that's how it's going to be. I think it's going to be very lonely, Right? With a, with a lack of hope. That doesn't really fit in a message about prayer other than to motivate us to pray and to ask God to work in people's hearts and then for us to do our part, the work of an evangelist, where we are being loving and kind to others, right? And maybe even open our mouth and share your testimony about how God has worked in your life and given you hope, right? I love testimony because you can't argue with it, right? I can share about how what God has done in my life, Okay? I joke the only person to argue is your brother or sister because they were there and they're like, it didn't go down like that, you know? But the reality is, is I love testimony because, you know, I can share this is what God has done in my life. And I'm so thankful for a few times in my life that God has made himself evident, right? That he is there and that he exists. Okay, in the same way that Jesus left heaven to seek us, he expects that we will do the same. And that is to seek others for him. John 17, 17 through 21 says, As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. We're the ones who have believed because other people spoke over the last 2,000 years, and here we are today. Verse 21, That all of them may be one, unified. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so the world may believe that you have sent me. 
Man, may Jesus be in us that the world may believe. Jesus has prayed for us that we will go out into the world and speak the message of God's redemptive, saving work on the cross so the world may believe that he was sent by God. It's such a beautiful opportunity to be obedient and to serve him. Lives are not saved without sacrifice. Just as Jesus sacrificed his life to save ours, we will need to sacrifice our time and energy to save others. So I want to share two last verses about evangelism. 2 Thessalonians 3.1 Finally, brothers, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you. Just as it was with you. Don't forget that someone took the time to share the message of the gospel with you. And through the work of the Holy Spirit, it was honored in your life. And so maybe, well, maybe in honor of the person who shared with you, or whatever it takes, you would be passionate and devoted to share with someone else, to to continue the work. Uh, Philemon 6 I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. This verse in Philemon says that our understanding of what we have in Christ will not be full unless we are active in sharing our faith. I hope that each of you wants a full understanding of what we have in Christ. That was in Philemon. It said, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. I hope that you want to be well-rounded in your spiritual and Christian belief. You know, whatever. Your belief in Christ. Okay? Well, if you're actively sharing and you're sharing with others, that will ensure that you have a full understanding. God has called each of us to reach out with the gospel to our friends and family. And one of the most amazing, awesome parts about it is that the Holy Spirit will go ahead of you and work in their minds and hearts. Like, you are not on your own. You're just part of the team. Right? Maybe you're just the voice. Maybe you're just a little bit of love. Maybe you're a kind comment. Okay? Maybe you're the one who gets to share and lay out the truth of the scripture with them. And maybe they receive it right there. And maybe it's later on. Okay? But we get to be part of this process. So I want to encourage you to pray for those who are lost. I want to encourage you to do the work of the evangelist. And pray for boldness. Because God will grow us. Right? You would probably never believe that when I was in high school, I was terrified of public speaking. Um, but I was kind of a punk. I've made a few deals with God. I don't recommend it. <laughs> but um, I, I remember telling God, like, if you want me to go and be in vocational ministry, you have to take the fear away, or I'm not doing it, right? It's probably a sign of my weakness, right? And he did. I should probably be more afraid to stand in front of you. <clears throat> okay. Uh, last but not least, I want to speak about praying corporately when we have a group of people together. One of the things I love about Life Group um, that we get to be part of here at Faith is that we pray for each other. Um, I'm sure over the next month or so, we'll be talking about Life Groups. If you are not part of a group that meets midweek sometime to love each other and to carry each other's burdens and to pray and to celebrate together, I would encourage you um, to do that, to get involved, Okay. Uh, you're missing out on a great part of our community if you are not involved in a smaller group than Sunday mornings. At our life group, we share about our struggles, and we share about our wins, and we take them all to the Lord of the universe in prayer, and it's a beautiful thing. 
So I want to talk, uh, this is kind of a list, um, and maybe we can have it available next week if you're interested in looking through it. But I want to talk about some prayer etiquette. I mentioned, you know, uh, if you've been in prayer groups, then there might have been groups where you fell asleep or felt like you weren't an active part of the group. Um, prayer times should be fun and exciting, right? No nose goes, right? You should be waiting for your opportunity, right? Be like, be quiet so I can pray next, okay? That's how it should feel. Like, I want to talk to God about you. I want to talk to God on your behalf. Like, I want to join with you in an agreement about what you are taking to the master of the universe, right? Because I believe it and I want it. So A, pray short prayers, right? Um, after about three, four minutes, you start to doze off when someone else is praying. It's just the reality, okay? Uh, the more people, the shorter the prayers. Just be agreeing on one subject. Um, pray loud enough for all to hear well, right? If I can't hear you, I can't agree with you, all right? I'm just over here having my own little prayer meeting on the other side of the circle. So uh, C, and this probably applies to me a lot, don't go to sleep. Um, I have trained myself over the years from being a workaholic, that if I stop moving, I fall asleep, which is why Sunday mornings are a struggle sometimes. I'll just go stand in the back. I will say, uh, not at this church, not at this church, but I fell asleep standing up in the back of church once. It's, it's possible. It's dangerous. Um, but the energy level goes up when the volume goes up, right? If I speak louder, you're like, oh, is he saying something important? You know? Okay? When we're praying and you speak louder, the energy level goes up. And someone might be hard of hearing, and they want to be able to listen too, okay? Uh, work hard at agreeing, right? Someone else is praying, man, yes, Lord, amen. How can I agree with what they're saying, right? I think it's good to stay on one topic at a time. It's best to hit one subject. You know, God made us all different. We'll be praying about something, and somebody chimes in with a perspective, and you're like, I would have never thought of that, you know? But I can agree with it now that they've spoken. That's why God has given us different personalities and gifts, when someone prays ahead of you, try and connect with some degree with them. You know, what did they say and how do I go with it from there? H, uh, yeah, well, that was through F anyway. H is super important. Don't gossip or slander anyone as you pray for them, right? There's not a place uh, to, to gossip or slander in prayer. If you're only talking to God, it's probably fine. But if there's other humans there, no. Well, I mean, that would be like complaining to God, right? Anyway, sorry. Uh, that wasn't in my notes. I, you just got to stick to the notes. All right, moving on. All right. <clears throat> okay, I is kind of like that. Don't preach to those praying with you. You know, like, dear God, help little Johnny. He's such a sinner. And he's like right there. Um, you know, that's probably not good. Remember, God is the audience. Okay, listen to your thoughts. God will speak to us if we will listen. And maybe that's why when someone else is praying, we listen as well, right? God will listen. I think he reveals himself and other aspects of what we can pray for or builds on our compassion and how we have an understanding for someone if we are listening as people pray. I'm a big believer in uh, bring a notebook and write it down. Take notes of ideas, thoughts, and prayers. Um, I don't screen print as much as I, I had a screen printing business, or I do, still, small, since 2009, but I got real busy, and then I took this full-time job and decided I shouldn't do that so much. So, um, but I miss pieces of screen printing because I love listening to podcasts. And I have a whiteboard in my screen printing room, and when I'm listening and I hear something, I go write it down, and then I go back to printing, right? Um, that's kind of like listening to the Lord. I'm not saying God only speaks through podcasts, but, um, but he might, anyway, speak through them. Uh, but take notes as you're praying, right? So that you remember when you get done. And last but not least, L, 
Pray silently as long as necessary, but press on to become an active participant, right? Um, you're part of a prayer group, and it's, it can be awkward. Some of us are not as eloquent as others. Um, I often have students say, you know, oh, I'm not good at prayer. No, you're just fine at prayer. Maybe you're not so good at putting words together, you know, but that's okay. Like, God understands. Right? And I think even if you're not so good at putting words together in your own opinion, you should still pray out loud right? so that people can join in. All right? Prayer is talking to God. I think it's super important to build communication and to build relationship through prayer with the Lord of the universe, through this God that we have served. And he's given you everything you need in order to do it. And so I'm going to pray for you. And I pray that you go from here and you pray for others. Lord God, I thank you for my local body here at Faith. God, I want to grow in you and I pray for them that they want to grow in you, in prayer, in disciplines like reading your word, in spending time alone and listening. Lord God, give us a desire to fellowship. Lord, all of these things, God, we want to grow in you as individuals as your servants, that we might serve each other. Lord God, I pray for boldness, that we truly would be fearless in sharing your love with other people, that you would give us opportunity, that you would guide us through your Holy Spirit with the words to say, that we wouldn't be cowards in the moment, as I have been at times. Lord, as I prayed earlier, I just pray again that you would guide our leadership here, at faith, Derek and the others who bring messages, those who help with the kids, those who serve in other ways. Lord God, that we as a local body would praise you through our actions, through our words, through our love, that we would be known to be a loving congregation that cares deeply and passionately about those who come. God, we just want to do your will. And so we ask that your Holy Spirit would move amongst us that we would more regularly be in the hallway where the Holy Spirit is. That we'd put ourselves in a position through repentance, through accepting your forgiveness for sin, that your Holy Spirit could move in us and use us. Lord, life is too short to run from you or to live in disobedience. So help us to honor you. We pray this in your name. Amen.